I want you to think about this for a minute. We serve a God who looked out into nothing and created everything. The Bible says that he looked out and he saw there was nothing and there was a void and he created the water and the land and he said it was good. We serve a God who separated the day into the night and he looked out into it and he said it was good. We serve a God who created all the animals and all the fish in the sea and he looked out into it and he said it was good. And then I like to joke that he created man. He looked at it and said, I can do a whole lot better than that, and he created a woman. <laughs> the reality is God created man, and he looked out and realized that there was a void in man's life. He says in Genesis, as he looked at the Lord, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he said, I'll make a helper that is suitable for him. And he made man a companion. He made Eve. He created Eve. And obviously, Eve was the spouse to Adam. And we do a disservice, though, to that verse who also think that God looked out at man and said it's not good for man to be alone without all types of companionship. It's not good for man to be alone and not have a group of people to do life with to, to not have somebody to do community with. We were not created to do this thing called life alone. He knew that we as humans were, were created for companionship and we needed friends. Problem is, though, we live in a day and time where the word friend doesn't mean what it used to mean. We've watered down the word friend. Now you can have 400 friends on Facebook, though you know nothing about them. You can have a 1,000 friends on Facebook. You can reach the limit on Facebook and have 5,000 friends, and Facebook will send you a message saying you can have no more friends, so you've got to go through your friends list and eliminate friends who really aren't friends to begin with to bring on more friends that you don't know to begin with because they're not friends either. <laughs> We've watered down friends. We throw the word friend around even though there's no meaning behind it. And then when we do have friends, so many of us have very unhealthy friendships. We have friends that, because they've been our friends forever, they're still in our life, though our entire life they've probably been very unhealthy. We're afraid of being alone, so we hang out with people who don't make us better. Many times we hang out with people who encourage us to be worse. They bring no value to our life other than a warm body. And we've messed up this thing called friendship. So many of us go into friendships with very wrong expectations. Let me, let me scratch that. We go into friendships with expectations, period. You want to be let down going to a a relationship with expectations. We don't realize that over time friendships change. We have this mindset that sometimes friendships change and it's because there has to be a falling out. There's not always a falling out. Sometimes you're just in different places in life. 
I used to hang out with the same group of guys all throughout high school. We did everything together. We graduated high school. A couple of them went off to college. I got married. And one kind of stayed the same. And he always says, man, our friendships all fell apart. Our friendships didn't fall apart. We just all went in different directions. There was no falling out. There was no big argument. We just all went in different directions. We were in different places in life. And therefore, we were looking for friendships that were people at the same place in life that we are. We have a very messed up idea of friendship. And so what happens is we go to the extreme and we say, man, I'm just not going to have any friends anymore. The friendships are so vital. I said this last week, show me your friends and I will show you your future. I I can't stress that enough. I I don't understand what about that statement. I've said that statement for 20 years of pastoring. And I have said some controversial stuff as a pastor. I have said some offensive stuff as a pastor. I'll be real honest with you. I have probably over the years, no, no probably to it, I have definitely said some unbiblical things over the years. But nothing gets people as upset as when I make that statement. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Every single solitary time throughout sermons that I make that statement, I'm going to get emails, private messages, text messages, or people are going to stop me and say, I I don't like that statement. I don't agree with it. So let me make it very clear to you. I don't care. I stand by the statement, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You are now or you soon shall be who your friends are. You show me the four or five people outside of your spouse and your family and your co-workers that you do life with, and I'll show you the average of who you are. It's just reality. We become who we do life with. They say it happens in a church. They say if you want to learn what kind of people go to a church, look at who's teaching on the stage. That's what they say. They say the people in the seats will take on, they'll be drawn to the person. So here's what we do. We have a bunch of smart alecks in this church. A bunch of people who don't like rules in this church. We have a bunch of people who kind of do life by their own terms in this church. Why? Because that's what we have on stage. It creates a lot of headaches. There's there's a lot of drama sometimes in the church. Why? Because there's a lot of drama on the stage. It's just reality. But friendships are so vital. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. For all of you who don't read the Bible because you say the Bible is complicated, let me break this down for you. Two is better than one. Two candy bars is better than one candy bar. Two pints of ice cream is better than one pint of ice cream. Two dollars is better than one dollar. Two steaks is better than one steak. Even if you don't eat both steaks, you can eat it later. Two is better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. 
Check it out what it says, verse 10. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You are now or you soon shall be what your friends are. If either one of them falls down. Life was made to do life with other people. People who are going to be there through the good times and the bad times. People who are going to be there and and, and keep us focused on what we need to be focused on. Friendships are 100% about giving and not taking. But so many of us are looking at a friendship and we think, man, that friendship, what what are they doing for me? It's funny, a friend can be going through a horrible time and you're more worried about how their horrible time's affecting you. We don't understand friendship. We become better because of the people that we do life with. Proverbs 20, 17, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We make each other better. We push each other. Let me rephrase that. We should make each other better. We should push each other. We should bring out the best in each other. That's the power of friendship. Simply put, when you have healthy friendships in your life, when you have the proper friendships in your life, we are better together. We can accomplish more in life together. God created nobody to do life alone. You heard me use this illustration a hundred times in my life. Even the Lone Ranger. His freaking name is Lone Ranger. His name is I do life by myself. And yet he had Tonto. I don't know who thought through that name when they were creating that TV show. Even the Lone Ranger knew he had to have Tonto by his side. We're better together. So we're taking this month and we're talking about the aspect of healthy relationships. And I'm asking you to examine the relationships that are in your life. As much as you don't want to hear what I'm about to tell you, chances are really good some of you to live out the purpose that God created you for are going to have to make some changes when it comes to friendships in your life. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to listen, but Gary, you, you, I, the, 20 years ago, we don't live in 20 years ago. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. And what's sad is some of you are still the same person you were 20 years ago. You haven't evolved, you haven't grown. So no wonder the friendships in your life haven't evolved and grown. You're too busy looking in the rear view mirror to look at the front window, which is 10 times bigger than the rear view mirror. When your memories exceed your vision, you're close to death. When all you can do is talk about how things used to be, you're pathetic. Because you don't got a time machine to go back in time. You live in the here and now and you're wasting this amazing gift called life. And so many of you are wasting it because of the people you choose to do it with. It's a hard pill to swallow. Today I want to talk to you about one I think of the most important qualities I've never taught on this subject before. 
I'm going to show you some very life application principles based off a couple of Scripture. It might not even make a lot of sense today. I went over and over and over. I don't know if I have too much content today. But I think it's one of the most vital parts of friendship. And it's very simply this. Friendships must create accountability. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you, remember when I was joking early in the message and said the congregation takes on the personality of the pastor? Let me make something real clear to you. I hate accountability. I despise accountability. The pride in me swells up, and I don't want you keeping me accountable, even if it betters me. That's my flesh. But I've learned over the years, I'm only as good as the accountability I have in my life. And I tell you that to tell you this. I know in this type of church, you despise accountability. You hate accountability. We're grown adults. Who do we answer to? My life, my rules. Yet you're miserable with your life. You're living life less so many times, less than what it could be, because you don't have somebody coming along who's further along in the journey than you. You don't have somebody coming along who loves you enough to walk along with you in their journey and keep you accountable along the way. Now, the word accountability and friendships ought to bring about accountability. To me, when I read it, sounds like common sense. Well, yeah, we're friends. We ought to keep each other accountable. You know, my experience with friendships is actually the opposite. Once we become friends, friends with someone, we worry that if we become honest with that friend, that we will ruin that friendship. We tell ourselves it's not my business that they're imploding their life. It's not my business that they're headed down the wrong path. It's not my, it's my business to be there. That's the cop-out version of friendship. I'm just going to be there. We're afraid of losing the friendship. We're afraid of losing the family member. We're afraid of whatever if we're honest with people about keeping them accountable with areas in their life. It's the law of the 10%. I heard a speaker talk about this one time. He said, we say 90% of what needs to be said. The 90% is the safe part. The 90% is the common knowledge part. The 90% is the part that everybody else sees, so it's not shocking when we say it. But we walk on eggshells with the 10% that needs to be said, and we keep it quiet, and we justify that we say 90%, but it's the 10% that will change their life. It's the 10% when someone loves me enough to come along and say, hey, this characteristic in your life is wrong and you need to get it in check. Hey, the way you're handling that situation is wrong. Hey, the way you're going about this business move is wrong, but we're too prideful to hear it and they're too scared to say it. And we never get better because we don't have friends in our life who love us enough to speak truth into our life even if it means we ruin the friendship because if it ruins the friendship, they weren't friends to begin with. We were never made to do life alone. When you 
run into someone who says, man, I, I'm, I love to be alone. You're looking at someone who's living life less than what God created them for. We were created for relationships. And nowhere is the power of relationship more obvious than the area of accountability. Here's the deal. You don't get into friendships for your friendships to make you feel good. If you want to feel good, get a dog. They will love you no matter what. If you want something to make you feel better, get a dog. If you want to be the best version of who you can be as a husband, the best version of who you can be as as a father, the best version you can be as a business person, the best version you can be as a friend, then get you some friends in your life that you decide, man, I'm going to be accountable to those people because they love me so much, not because they want to ride my ass, but they love me enough to see the best in me and want to pull out the best in me. They're not doing it from a place of pride. They're not doing it from a place of they're better than me. They're doing it from a place that they see something in me that maybe I don't even see. Accountability is powerful. Now, let me make this very clear to you. Some people love making other people accountable. You don't have to be accountable to everyone who is in your life. But you better have some friends in your life. And different friends, you might be accountable to them in different areas. But you better have some people in your life who will come alongside of you, who they will walk with you, and they will do life with you. And they will not be accountable. You're not accountable to them. They're not accountable to you. You're accountable for each other. You've heard me give this illustration before. They call that fireman accountability. When firemen go into a burning house, they never go into a burning house alone. They go in teams of two. And when they go in there alone, they go in there together, they become accountable for each other. So if me and whoever go into the fire together, and the guy who goes in with me makes the worst mistake in the world while we're in there, I'm still accountable for him. I'm still accountable to make sure he gets out of that house alive. He's not accountable to me in that mistake. I'm accountable for him in his mistake. We went in together. We're coming out together. See, when you have the mindset that you're accountable to me, when you let me down, I'm done with you. The darkest days of my life, I had people that said, man, I I can't believe you lied to me. I'm done. I lied to you. I was lying to myself. You idiot. You think I'd lie to you? Who are you? Instead of coming on and saying, man, you lied to me, but I told you I'd be there no matter what, and we're going to get through this together. When you're in the the middle of the biggest battle, and oh, by the way, day-to-day life is the biggest battle you'll ever face. I'm going through a battle. No, life is a battle. Life is a battle. You better have people who are along with you in that battle by your side If you want to win at life, and make no mistake about it, there's winners in life and there's losers in life. It's another thing that always makes people mad around here when I say. So let me repeat it one more time. There's winners in life and there's losers in life. Now you determine 
what's winning in your life and what's losing. Your version of winning might be different than my version of winning. But we're winning at life or we're losing at life, and those that are winning have people who are coming alongside of them, who love them enough to be the type of friend that they can be accountable to. The Bible says in James 5, 16, I said this last week, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. I think this is a powerful verse that's often glanced over. Confess your faults to one another so you can be healed. How are we healed? By going to somebody that we trust enough and is a good enough friend in our life to say, man, I'm struggling in X. And that person coming along and saying, man, I get it. Let me walk you through. Not that they're going to go gossip about what we're struggling about. Let me repeat that. Not that they're going to go gossip about what we're struggling about. Not that they're going to look down on us. Not that they're going to judge us. But they're going to walk along and say, man, I get it. I'm walking along with you in this. By admitting our faults to one another. And I can already hear, why, why do I need to bring another person into this? Why can't I just admit it to God? Why can't I just pray about it? Why don't you tell someone else? Because here's the deal. Most of our problems at the root are always relational. They're always relational. We lie to ourselves. We lie to each other. We deceive. Let's be honest. We are some fake SOBs. And social media has allowed us to become even faker. We can't even be honest about the way we look. We went hiking yesterday. Christine takes I said, let me see that picture. Well, I said, I need to make sure my, my three chins aren't in it. Why? I got three chins. Oh, I got four chins. We got to lie about everything. Life's so great. Life's so wonderful. Man, we're just fake. And when you're lying to yourself, you'll never get victory over anything. We put those masks on and we become, social media allows it. Oh, this is good. Social media allows us to become who we wish we were very easily. Friendships allow us, true friendships allow us to become who God created us to be, but it's a little bit harder. Anything worth having in life is worth working for. Wouldn't you love to get to the point in your life where instead of being fake on social media, you could be real in real life and everything you were fake about is now reality in your life because you've had people come alongside of you and make you better? They wanted to see you succeed. They wanted to see the best in you. They believed in you, maybe when you didn't believe in yourself. The power of accountability. We hide our true feelings and we play games. And because we live life fake with no accountability, we live life less than how God intended it to be. We live in a day and time where we have more access to people than ever before. But we're more alone than ever. We live a life full of shame and insecurity because we're afraid if we're real, they won't like us. Then let me make this clear, they're not friends. So why are you being that way? Why do you want to be around people who are only around you because you're a fake? 
I don't get it. But so many people do it. We're worried about people not liking us. And then I can always tell, I, I put a post on Facebook this week. So the biggest weakness for so many people is they worry about people liking them. And I can always tell the ones who, who they might not care, but they haven't got to that place of peace yet. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. They get bolsterous in the comments. Yeah, you do. You're just angry now. You might not care, but you, you say it angry. You don't say it with peace. You don't say it with contentment. You don't say it with security. Because you do care. And it's okay. But it's not okay to stay there. You're going to get healthy friendships in your life. And you're going to find out the power of true friends. And you are truly going to get to the point in your life where you don't care not out of attitude. You don't care out of rebellion. You don't care out of anger. You don't care out of contentment and peace because you see what healthy relationships are like instead of unhealthy relationships. <laughs> we destroy ourselves by keeping ourselves, our weaknesses in the dark. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. There's nothing worse than carrying around that guilt that shame of knowing you could be better, but man, you don't, you're too prideful to ask someone to make you better. By not having someone that we can be honest with, we white-knuckle it. We white-knuckle it in business. We white-knuckle it in our finances. We white-knuckle it in our marriage. Christine and I were talking about someone recently who's in a relationship with somebody, and, and, and the guy's probably not doing what he should be doing. He's not doing what he should be doing in the relationship. But it's one of the rare cases where I don't know that the guy knows how to do better than what he's doing. He's never had anybody in his life show him better. Now, here comes the problem. He's too prideful. It seems he's too prideful to acknowledge I don't know how to do better. I need to go find someone who's further along in their marriage, further along in their relationship, swallow my pride, admit I don't know what I'm doing, and learn from that person. He has no friends. He has no healthy friends in that area. And therefore, he can't become better in that area. He can only white-knuckle it. The less people know about my flaws, the easier it is to fall back into those flaws because no one knew I had them anyway. Until everyone finds out about them because I implode. And I could have avoided that all along. There's some requirements for accountability. In order to be accountable to someone, you've got to have some decisions in your life that you're going to make. The first is you got to have vulnerability. I have to be capable of admitting I don't have it all together. you got to be vulnerable. you got to acknowledge, man, I drank too much. I don't know how to manage my finances. I don't know how to take this growing business and take it to the next level. Give you an example, Christine and I have started a business that has just taken off. 
it's taken off probably in some ways past my business knowledge. I can start a business. I can create a buzz around a business. But when it becomes a real business, man, that gets a little too confusing to me. It's not how I'm wired naturally. So guess what I've spent the last two to three weeks of my life doing? Calling people who are further along in business, being vulnerable and letting them know, man, I don't understand how to do this part of it. How do I make this transition? Hey, how do I know when it's time to buy this piece of equipment? What advice do you have? Now, here's the deal. I don't mean this arrogantly. I'm Gary Lamb. Everyone thinks, man, Gary knows how to start business. I can be prideful and white-knuckle my way through it and maybe even succeed, but in the process of succeeding, I'm causing myself chaos and tension and stress. And guess who the stress gets hanging out on? My family. Instead of saying, you know what, who let me back up and say, man, I don't know what I'm doing in this area, but I'm not too stupid to learn, but i got to admit I don't know what I'm doing. The reason some of you can't get victory with your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups is because you're too freaking prideful to admit you got a problem. You look at your drinking problem and think it ain't as bad as so-and-so's. You ain't so-and-so. I'm the king of this. I'm the king of this when my wife comes to me with an issue. My, hey, Gary, I, as a husband, I need you to work on them. Okay. Why don't you go ask other wives how their husbands handle that, see who does more, me or them. And then she pisses me off with this response. I'm not married to their husbands. See what I'm saying? How so-and-so's husband handles a situation has nothing to do with how I handle a situation. Because it don't matter how so-and-so handles that situation, she's keeping me accountable on the way I'm supposed to handle the situation based on what we've agreed upon. And I can be prideful and say, man, no, which I normally do. That leads to about a three-day fight. Don't just irritate the crap out of you. Fight for three days and you're fine. Crap, you're right. I get it. Why didn't I just do that three days before? And save myself the heartache of three days. Man, vulnerability, admitting you have a problem. I can't overcome this area. Because you're too prideful of what they'll think about you. If they're going to think bad about you, they're not friends. Here's your sign. I have to be willing to go to someone and let them know, man, here's an area I struggle in, and I need you as my friend to keep me accountable in this area. We've got to have vulnerability. We've got to have teachability. Newsflash for you, you don't know everything. You don't have all the answers. If you had all the answers, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in now. In order to be accountable to someone, you have to be teachable. You have to be willing to learn. I never understood people who come to me and their life is in shambles in a certain area. And I say, well, man, here's the area. Well, I've just never done it that way. Well, no, that's why you're in the situation you're in. Like they say it with the bad, I just never have done it that way. Yeah, it's obvious. Or here's my favorite. David is here. I bet you get this teaching the Dave Ramsey class all the time. Principles that work for millions and millions and millions of people. Your circumstances are different and that won't work for you. That just won't work for me. 
I said she would. No, it's not. You're just too set in your ways. You're so set in your ways, you'd rather ruin every relationship you had. You'd rather ruin your career. You'd rather come to where you have nothing in life instead of being teachable and learning something new. Truth hurts. Can't teach old dog new tricks. That's a lie. We have an old dog. He's a golden retriever. Three weeks ago, we decided to start walking our dog every evening. Our dogs, because my wife thinks you should have multiple dogs. My mother-in-law just moved out, so now we have a basement, a full basement. She's like, we have room for another dog. No, we don't have room for another dog. Okay, We didn't have room for the three we had. Okay? But we started walking our dogs every evening at 7 o'clock. Dexter's old. He gets up and his bones creak. Dog years, man, he's been through it. In three weeks, by God, Dexter knows at 7 o'clock it's time to go walk. Last night we got home. We want to sit and watch a movie, chill out. He's laying on the floor grunting and mad and flopping. I said, what is his problem? He knows it's time to go walk and you won't take him. Old dog learned a new trick. Just say you're too prideful to learn a new trick because you're unteachable. And the minute you become unteachable is the minute the minute you quit learning is the minute you quit growing. Or we become ask holes. Anybody know what an ask hole is? An ask hole is the person who's always asking for your advice, but you know they're never going to listen to the advice you give them. So why are you wasting my time in asking? You're an asshole. You're not teachable. You don't got to take my advice, but stop asking for it. Because really what you want is you want me to ask my advice, and then you want me to say what you want to hear, even though what you want to hear is not working, you asshole. I like that. It's like I get to cuss without cussing. Christine can't lecture me at Buffalo's. It's awesome. Teachability. Teachability. You've got to be teachable. There's got to be availability and accountability. In order to be accountable to someone, you've got to be available to be accountable. And what I mean by that is accountability does you no good after you messed up. I knew what I should have done. I should have called the counselor. I should have called my sponsor. Uh, I'm going to do it now. And that's cool. It's good that you're doing it now. But the damage of your mess-ups already happened because you weren't using the accountability that's in your life. You have to be willing to make yourself available to those that you're being accountable to. You need to know who you can call at any time, and they're going to answer the phone. Now, they're only going to answer the phone after a while if you're teachable. Go back to the second one. If you're not teachable, I'm not taking time away from my family at 9 o'clock at night because you're having a meltdown. If you're teachable, I will all day long. Lastly, there's got to be honesty. There's got to be honesty. This is one of those messages you ought to be taking pictures of the screen because I'm telling you these are life-changing principles today. I don't say that arrogantly because I'm the one teaching. I'm telling you that accountability changes your life. I lost everything in my life at 33 years old because I had no accountability in my life. My ego grew, my pride grew, 
And I had no, and I pushed them all away. I'm not blaming. I'm, I'm, I wasn't willing to receive. I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. I wasn't willing to be teachable. I wasn't willing to be available. And I sure wasn't willing to be honest. If you can't be honest, you'll never succeed. Let me make this very clear. If you're only 90% honest, you'll never succeed. How'd it go? So it killed it this week. Really? Yeah. It's funny. They told me you only killed it one day. Weeks? Seven. Ran to a guy the other day. I said, man, how you doing? Been sober. Sober for a while. I said, man, that's awesome. I'm not, man, everybody's got to start somewhere, so I'm not belittling what he said. But he said, I've been sober for a while. That's awesome. How long have you been sober? It was Friday. Since Monday. But that ain't a while. Now, I'm proud of you that you've been sober four and a half days. I'm not discrediting that. But you said a while intentionally because you wanted me to think you'd had your crap together for a while because you're wanting to get back into something I'm doing. And you know you're not getting back with four and a half days of sobriety. He wasn't honest. Why you ask a tough question is called accountability. I have a rule when it comes to accountability. It's a hardcore rule. And I've been on the other side of this. And it hurt when they walked away from me. But I understand why they walked away from me. Lie to me one time in accountability and I will no longer be the person to keep you accountable in anything. Because if you lie to me, there's nothing I can do for you. I don't quit loving you. I don't quit being your friend. But I can't be the friend who's there for accountability because you're wasting my time by lying to me. You're showing the ultimate disrespect by wasting my time. I can lose all my money and get it back. I can lose my car and get another car. I lose my time and it's gone. It's one of the most valuable things in my life. Once time's gone, it's gone. So don't disrespect my time. Once we're willing to get open in these four areas, we've got to find a friend, a friend who loves us enough to come along and keep us accountable. Now, I'm going to make a controversial statement here to the point that I ran it by my wife and I don't think she completely agreed with it but I'm going to stand by it. Let me make it clear what I'm about to tell you. This is just my thoughts on your years of dealing with this. This is not Bible. Okay? It's my opinion. You know what opinions are like. When looking for someone to be accountable to, the best person is not always your spouse. Not always. Sometimes it is. Now, let me make this very clear. That doesn't mean we lie to our spouse. They need to know that we don't have it all together. If they ask us direct questions, we answer those questions. They need to know that we're growing and we're taking the steps to get it together. Lying to your spouse does not work. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying you lie to your spouse. Men, ladies, do not go home and say, I didn't tell you because Gary told me not to tell you. Not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they don't always need to know every time you're struggling with certain issues because many times they can't handle the depth of your struggle because they're so invested in the situation. If you're an addict and you've hurt your spouse over and over and over and over with your usage, every time you're having the thought of using, 
they don't necessarily need to be the one to know because it's going to put them in a bad place. That's what I'm trying to say. You're out banging every chick in the world outside your marriage, and you're thinking about banging some chick outside your marriage. It's probably not the person to go to in your spouse. You're saying it's not going to end well. It takes a special spouse to be able to deal with those issues and not take it personal. Let me give you an example. There's times I go to my wife and she says, what are you stressed by? I'm stressed business-wise. I don't have to go in, so I'm not lying to her. But I also know I don't need to particularly go into depth of the details of what I'm stressed about at this moment. Because first of all, she's not going to look at it from the view I'm looking at. She's going to look at it personally. She's going to try to take the stress off me. She's going to put the stress on her because that's the way my wife's wired. So instead, I'm going to say, hey, David Westrick, you got time for lunch? And I'm going to unload on him because guess what? He's going to listen. And at the end of the day, he's going to go home to his wife and not care. He's going to have a dog in the fight. Oh, I'm going to get to that too, the dog in the fight in a minute. Now, in some instances, it needs to be your spouse. So I want to make clear, I'm not saying it can't be your spouse. I'm just saying you need to read the room. I have several people I go to. In areas. There's areas that I go to with Christine, and she keeps me accountable. There's other areas that that might not be Christine's area of expertise. And so I go to other people in those areas. So if it's not your spouse, though, it needs to be a true friend. It doesn't need to be a random person. Let me make this very clear, too, and it's going to be real old school. Men need to find men to be accountable to, and women need to find women to be accountable to. You don't go to a woman and start talking about the struggles you're having in your marriage unless you're a freaking idiot. Here's your sign. But we're friends. Yeah. (laughs) Friends like this at arm's length. That seems real old school. I'm going to call it old school. I like this old school thing called my marriage surviving. Never. Does accountability work with the opposite sex? I'm going to say it again. Never. Your plan will fire. It can start with the purest of intentions. And over time, things happen. Especially if you're married. So what do we look for in a friendship on the person who can keep us accountable? I'm glad you asked. We're going to get out of here. Got a funeral here today. I got to get the building empty. First thing, it's got to be somebody you trust. Somebody you trust. This is huge. If you don't trust the person, you cannot be accountable to them. We had someone come to our church recently about six, uh, about five months ago. They came like three or four times. They're leaving one week and they shook my hands. And they were really enjoying the church. I said, man, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're enjoying the church. I used to be in ministry. Red, you know, the, the sirens start going off me. I'm like, here we go. Hey, man, if you ever need to talk about anything, you can come to me. Now, here's the deal. Maybe I could have, but not after six weeks, buddy. Not after the first time you've ever talked to me, you're letting me know I can come to you about anything. I didn't distrust that person, but I didn't trust that person. 
Because I didn't know that person. And now they're trying to find out I can come to them and I think, negative ghostwriter. Got to be someone you can trust. That you got to trust that they can keep what you come to them in confidence. And several times I've had meetings and my wife comes to me and says, hey, what did you and so-and-so talk about? This, this, and this. And we talked about some other stuff. But I, there's been times where, hey, would you and so, your friends? Well, her thing's a little more blunt. It's not your business. She's right. It's not, but she's right, though. It's not. They went to her. They came to me. It's not a matter of keeping things from her, but it's not my, her business what these people come to me for accountability on. They need to know I won't discuss me. And old BTW, if they're always talking to you about everyone else, they're talking to everyone else about you. So you better be able to trust them. You better be able to trust them. Number two. You need to have somebody who understands the value of what you're doing. This is huge. Not everyone understands your struggle. Okay? Not every under, everyone understands why you want to get better in a certain area. So let me give you an example. I have a best friend, one of my best friends for years. This man has walked alongside me in every area of my life, except for one. We have Different views. He's not right, and I'm not right. He's not wrong, and I'm not. But we have different views on business. His goal in life, and I'm not saying he's wrong, his goal in life is to make a certain amount of money and just sit back. He doesn't want to work all the time. He wants to make so he knows exactly what he needs to do to pay his bills and put a little bit back. That's awesome. I'm not wired that way. I want to know how my company can be the biggest it is, how I can be a millionaire. I don't pray for God to send this, a millionaire to this church to pay the bills. I pray for God to make my wife and I millionaires so we can flip the bills for this church. You shouldn't pray that. I do it all the time. So my point is I've got to have someone who understands the value. Now, that being said, I've got friends that I go to for accountability in business, and I don't go to them for accountability as being a husband because they're not good husbands. Every area doesn't have, you got to know, someone who sees value in what you're doing. They believe in what you're doing. Number three, some, oh, this one's big. Someone who's mature enough that they aren't going to be shocked about what you bring to them. If you are the, <laughs> it's funny every time we have a guest speaker, I, I know it's said in joking, I think. We know we can replace you now. I think to myself, yeah, they can preach better than me. You let them go do one of the council sessions I deal with at this church. They'll be in the corner sucking their thumb real quick. Let them answer a 2 o'clock in the morning phone call from this crazy bunch. Lord, how mercy. you got to have someone who's mature enough to know that they aren't going to be shocked. When you go to them about your sexual struggle with goats, as much as they want to look at you like you're crazy, you got to be like, I get it. I get it. 
That's never happened, by the way. I'm just joking. Just joking. If you're a first-time guest, come back next week. It'll be better, I promise. But if someone's shocked by what you're doing, it's hard. And I've had situations where I was too shocked to help people. I've had situations where I mean, I don't know what to do with that. I'm going to introduce you to this freak over here who I love. (laughs) And man, they're going to help you because you have went past the crazy in my brain. And that's crazy. You've got to have someone who's mature enough, they're not going to be shocked. It's why my wife is so powerful when women come to her with struggles with their spouse. Because you ain't going to tell her much that shocks her after her previous marriage and her current marriage. You're not. And if she is shocked, you know we got serious issues. Got to find someone who's not shocked. There's times people have come to me with struggles. And I'm not mature enough to handle those struggles. Or I'm not in a place in my life at this moment to help them. I've had people come to me with issues that I had just got out of that issue or I'm in the middle of that issue and their issue became a stumbling block for my issue And I have to look at them and say, man, I love you guys. I'm going to set you up with someone else to go talk to. Boy, I'm sharing something I shouldn't share, but it's Kylie. He'll forgive me. I think Kylie has shared his testimony of his struggles with drug abuse years. How long have you been clean, Kylie? How many years? 2,000. 21 years. But that's amazing. But I'll never forget one day. I'm with Kylie. And I said, man, you ever watch that show Breaking Bad? He said, yeah, for about two minutes, I'd turn it off. Why? Because that show became a stumbling block. So sometimes accountability can become a stumbling block. See what I'm saying? You know how I know he's got victory? That he's mature enough to realize it became a stumbling block. (laughs) But sometimes people can come to you with accountability. Man, the wound in your own life is too fresh to help somebody as they're dealing with their issue. You need someone who knows God enough that they can reflect on his forgiveness to you. I think it's important. They need, you need to go to someone who has a good enough relationship with God. They understand the forgiveness of God. Someone who can look at you in the midst of your ugliness and tell you God still loves you. Can I tell you something? I've shared this before. It's the most powerful thing in the world. When I lost everything, I went and met with one of my mentors. He was my pastor. And we met at Starbucks in Hiram, Georgia. I can, I can close my eyes, picture the Starbucks. There was three tables outside. And I sat down with him. Guilt and shame. And his first words out of his mouth were, man, you're done. What? He said, you blew it. You'll never be used of God again. It was the most devastating thing I ever heard. 
That's why we're the king. You don't realize we've got several ex-pastors in the church today, right now. We're the place where pastors go to when they got nowhere else to go to. I love that about this church. Always has been that way. But when they come to the doors and they tell me, I'm so-and-so, I'm like, first thing, everyone, I'm going to tell you the first words I uttered to, I said, hey, man, you need to know God's not done with you. God loves you. God will forgive you. God will use you. He's going to take this mess and turn it into your biggest mission. So when you're going to someone with accountability, you need someone who can look at you and say, man, God, I get it. You're screwing up in this area, but God loves you. It's okay. God's got this. It doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences for your actions. But God loves you. I think it's important and I'm done. You need to have somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight. Somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight. Almost every accountability partner I have, at the end of the day, doesn't have a dog in the fight with whether or not I listen to their advice or not. And because they don't have a dog in the fight, I trust their advice to me. I trust that their advice isn't selfish, self-serving. I haven't been hurt by them. I'm not related to them. I, I don't have a vested that connection. David Westrick loves me. I love him. But at the end of the day, if I don't listen to his advice on how to run my business, at the end of the day, other than he sees a friend blow it, it doesn't affect him. He still goes home to his house every day, his bank account every day, and shakes his head at me like, man, why didn't he listen? He don't have a dog in the fight. If he was my business partner, he'd have a dog in the fight, and it might skew the accountability he gives me. Finding accountability's work. That's why so few do it. Finding accountability's hard for your ego. That's why so few do it. Getting asked the tough questions is hard. I hate it. Can't stand it. But it betters you. It's the only way you'll get victory over the hurts in your life. It's the only way you'll get victory over the habits in your life. It's the only way you'll get victory over the accountabilities. You need someone who wants to come alongside of you as you look to succeed. I believe in you. Here's how I see you can make your business better. Well, they don't know my business. No, 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 they know business. I don't got to know how to wash cars to tell Bubba things I see he could do better in his business. David Westray don't got to know T-shirt. I, I don't keep seeing him out. I just met with him this week. That's why he's on my mind. He don't need to know how the T-shirt business works just because he owns a construction business. Business principles are the same. Anytime someone comes to me and says, man, can I talk to you? I need to talk to you about something I'm not comfortable talking to anybody about. I get excited. You know why not? Because I'm about to get a scoop. Because I know they're about to start getting victory in their life because they're being honest. And being honest is hard. Now, I'm going to close it out with this. I want you to remind you one thing. We aren't telling everyone. Every friend doesn't have to keep you accountable in every area of your life. The areas they're successful in. What do I go to them about? The, probably the thing that you're most scared to go public. That's the thing that needs God's grace the most.
two are better than one. Two are better than one. We're better together. You'll never find a successful loner. And those that say they're loners, they weren't loners. They had people in their lives who came alongside them and made them better. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him. I think the most pitiful thing in the world is for people not to have a friend in their life who will speak truth into their life because they're afraid of losing that friend in their life. They're not friends to begin with. You don't have the luxury and the liberty to speak truth into my life. Then you're not my friend. You're my acquaintance. You're my fan. And that never works. Friendships are powerful. You are now or you soon shall be what your friends are. And by God, you better have some friends who walk alongside of you and keep you accountable and make you better. Let's 